from the prophet Isaiah. Thy dead men shall live. Together with my body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut the doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood, and shall no more cover her slain. Greetings, my friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Today, we are resuming our study in the prophet Isaiah. We're ready for chapter 26 today. Now, the theme thus far, starting with chapter 24, so a couple weeks ago, is really about the judgment coming upon the earth and the restoration of the earth, if you will, or restoration of God's kingdom. So uh, chapter 24 was mostly about the the judgment. Then 25, uh, you know, a lot of the headlines in King James Bible's example will say, God will swallow up death forever. And then here in chapter 26, it's about the restoration of the perfect peace, which will only happen when Messiah returns and sets up that kingdom age. And we all long for it, don't we? Peace. All we get right now is peace, peace, when there is no peace, right? As the scriptures say. So today it's, uh, yeah, lots of, it's only 26 verses, but uh, it's some beautiful promises in here. Some things to kind of reference back to. Uh, We'll be looking at at, uh, Revelation 20 a little bit here. We'll be looking at Deuteronomy a little bit here. Uh, So open up your hearts because it's full today, even though it's only 26 verses. Probably won't be too long of a podcast. Just a reminder before we get started, this podcast is 100% listener supported. So please consider going to scriptureandprophecy.com. Uh, to support this mission of truth. Let's dig in. Prophet Isaiah, chapter 26, really, really hitting hard on this restoration and the coming of the kingdom. Let's begin. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation, which keepeth the truth, may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Please note, 
That's it's talking about coming into this city where there's going to be God's protection, right? God's instead of for walls and bullocks, it'll be salvation and God's mercy. It says, "Open the gates that the righteous nation, which keepeth the truth, may enter in. Thou will keep him, so God will keep whoever." In perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he's trusting in thee. Mind stayed on God. I want to remind you of Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou shalt seek him with thy whole heart, with all thy soul and we're going to probably reference this again when thou art in tribulation like when trouble comes when all these things come upon thee even in the latter days if thou turn to the Lord thy God shall be obedient to his voice see it's this idea of keeping your eyes on the Lord For the Lord thy God, verse 31, is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, neither forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swore unto them. A large part of what's happening here is is a conversation with Jerusalem. In the last days, if you will just call upon... Jesus said, "I, I will, you know... You will not see me again, O Jerusalem, right? He's lamenting over Jerusalem. You will not see me again until you say, Baruch Ababa Shem, Yehovah, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, right? Like, there's coming a point where all this is going to come to a head, and Jerusalem, Yisrael will have no choice. They will finally be forced to their knees, and they'll start crying out for the true Messiah. But the person whose mind, who who keeps his focus on God, like the psalmist David, who talks about dwelling on and meditating on God and on God's word day and night, like it's always at the forefront of my mind, that person will be kept in perfect peace. That person can't be really bothered too much, right, with the troubles of the world. They've got peace, supernatural peace, and in that, even amongst horrific times, because their focus is on God. This next verse, verse four, says, "Trust ye in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is an everlasting strength." Something important to note there in the King James Bible. The well in the in the Hebrew text, the name of God Yehovah Yod Hey Vav Hey is in there some six thousand times. What the King James Bible does is they do capital L O R D to let you know that it's there. But occasionally you have a phrase where it's like Yah Yehovah, and when that happens, the King James Bible actually puts Jehovah there. 
instead of just saying Lord, Lord capital. I think it's only like four or six times. Uh, but to the King James translator's credit, they at least identify God's name uh, a handful of times. And of course, they've made it where you can know where it is with that capital L-O-R-D. So, all right. A lot of interrupting I'm doing. I'm going to keep reading through until we get towards the bottom here where we'll have another conversation. So let's just kind of refresh this. Open ye the gates, verse 2, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high, the lofty city. He layeth it low. He layeth it low even to the ground. He bringeth it even to the dust. The foot shall tread it down, even the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness. Thou, most upright, dost weigh the path of the just. Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. With my soul I have desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Again, I've got to stop. That verse to me is, is beautiful. We have waited on thee. Verse 8, we, we have waited on the Lord. The desire of our soul is your name and remembrance of you. With my soul I have desired thee in the night. Remember we talked about how the psalmist would say that. My spirit within me will seek thee early. So what is it that he's desiring? Here it is. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Right now, there's really not much of that, is there? But when Messiah is here ruling and reigning, it, the world will be ruled with a rod of iron. Right? Like, there'll be consequences swiftly to unrighteousness. Finally, there'll be right judgment in the world. Of course, there'll be peace and grace and mercy and all these things. But righteousness will actually reign in the earth. Isaiah says, My soul seeks thee early. The psalmist says, O God, thou art my God, early. Will I seek thee? Psalm 63. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. I've mentioned before on this podcast, even if I didn't have to get up from a logistics standpoint to do this super early, I was up at 5.30 this morning, I would still do it. Because my soul thirsts for the Lord early. I want to start my day this way. 
God says in the Proverbs, I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. There's something about the intent, right? I I get up early on purpose. Why? Because my motives are to spend time with God. And God rewards that discipline. I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. Thou art my God, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee. So back to Isaiah here, 26 verse 9. My soul I have I desired in the night, yea, my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the earth will learn righteousness. We're longing for that. Verse 10. Let favor be showed to the wicked. Yet will he not learn righteousness? In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when thy hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they shall see and be ashamed. For their envy at the people, yea, the fire of thy enemies shall devour them. There's going to be those who, just like now, they're going to resist They'll be devoured. This is going to be serious stuff when Messiah returns. He's returning as king. It will not be a democracy. We're not going to be voting on how things are going to be. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will be ruling and righteousness will be in the earth. Even if it has to be through a heavy hand. What people imagine the future is going to look like, they don't get it. People think that what's coming is everyone sitting around on a cloud somewhere in the sky, drinking, sipping tea. No. Earth is where the future is. Earth. And then when that thousand year reign is over, a new heaven and a new earth will be established. Let's continue. Verse 12. Lord, thou will ordain peace for us. For thou also hast wrought all our works in us. O Lord, our God, other lords beside thee have had dominion over us. But by thee only will we make mention of thy name. That's interesting. He's saying there's been other lords that's, that's really been having power over us up until this point. Verse 14. They are dead. They shall not live They are deceased, they shall not rise. Therefore hast thou visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish. Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord. Thou hast increased the nation. Thou art glorified. Thou hast removed it far unto all the ends of the earth. Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. 
they poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. So now we're getting to the point where the nation, again, we're talking about Israel. Trouble has visited them. They're finally being forced to start praying out and crying out for God. Verse 17, like a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery is in pain and crieth out in her pangs, so have we in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child, we have been in pain, we have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Here's something that Israel's been trying to do, right? They've been trying to bring about this through their own power forever, since the beginning, right? They are unable to do it. That's what they're that's what they're crying out here. We've been in labor, but we're unable to bring forth the child. Because only God can bring forth this. I've studied a lot in the last four years or so. Postmillennialism. And you'll have to research that. I'm not gonna go into what all that means. But they kind of have a similar view, doctrinal view of the world, that they're going to somehow bring about the kingdom age. And they have a lot of good motives. And and I completely agree with a lot of the behaviors, except they don't understand that the, that no one can bring this about except for God himself. The Lord has to return to really bring this into fullness. You're not going to bring about the kingdom through your own efforts. You are expanding the kingdom. And that is what we're called to do, right? Be about the kingdom. Be about our Father's business. Share the good news. Make disciples. That's the mission of the Christian. But understand that this world is going to continue to want to hate and kill you until Christ returns. So Israel is saying to God, we have, we've been in pain, we've been, we've been unable to deliver. Any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen, right? Like the kingdoms of the world are still in power. Rome still exists, right? Verse 19. Thy dead men shall live. This is important. Listen closely. Isaiah is saying this. Thy dead men shall live. Who's dead men? Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body. Shall they arise? Awake and sing ye that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of the herbs. And the earth shall cast out the dead. What we have here is the resurrection. But who's being resurrected? This is important to try to distinguish here. Thy dead men, the people who belong to God, will be risen from the dead, along with my dead body, Isaiah says. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body. Another way to look at that is you could, it could be like a play on a Messiah, right, who came as a human being and died and was risen again he could be that could be the along with my dead body uh, but i tend to read it from isaiah's perspective 
thy dead men, meaning your dead men, Lord, along with my dead body, will arise in this day. So there's going to be a resurrection of the just in this day. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the world, the wicked and all them, they are not raised from the dead until after the thousand years is finished. Let's read a few words to wrap up, and then we're going to be done here shortly. But let's go to Revelation 20. Okay. Let's start with this. Verse 4. And I saw the thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and the word of God, and which had not worshipped a beast, neither his image, neither had received the mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So who was resurrected there? Who lived and reigned with Christ? Those who overcame the beast, right? They didn't fall for it. They didn't get the mark. They didn't worship the beast. Verse 5, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So you've got a resurrection at the beginning of the king of the thousand year reign, then another one at the end, which will be the final judgment. But the rest of the dead lived not until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. Why? Because those who are raised at the very, very end, after the thousand years, those who didn't belong to God, what, what happens to them? They're raised from the dead, and then they're judged and then sent into the lake of fire. That's what happens. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection on this. The second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him 1,000 years. See, if you go down to verse 11 and 13, then you kind of have this going on. And Again, still dealing with Revelation 20. And I saw a great throne. So this is, so I just read you the first part. This is towards the end. Whose face of the earth had and heaven fled away and was not there was no place found for them and i saw the dead and small and great stand before god and the books were open and another book was open which was the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in those books according to their works the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and hell delivered up which were in it and they were judged every man according to his works so what we're dealing with here i believe in isaiah Isaiah is saying, your, thy dead men, meaning those who belong to God, along with myself, Isaiah says, my body, shall arise, awake, and sing, and dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. So we have the resurrection, and then we have the last two verses, which are very, very interesting because of the order in which they happen. So let's look. last three verses starting again with verse 19 thy dead men shall live together with my dead body shall they arise awake and seeing ye that dwell in the dust for thy dew is at the dew of herbs and the earth shall cast out the dead come my people enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee hide thyself as if it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed for behold the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And the earth shall disclose her blood, 
and shall no more cover her slain. So we have this resurrection, and then God says, Come, enter in to thy chambers. There is a similar place where that verbiage is used. It's the book of Genesis. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come, thou and all thy house into the ark, for I have seen righteous before me in this generation. Similar language, right? Come in here. Why? Because it's about to be unleashed. Judgment upon the whole earth. God is coming out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for all this wickedness, for all this evil, for all the sex trafficking, for all the murder. Right? Here it comes. All the oppression, all the evil is about to be punished. But for God's people, come here. Come into your chambers just for a moment. Come into this place of protection for a moment. Until the indignation be overpassed. I don't know about you. But I find that extremely comforting. This world is going to be hard leading up to this moment, folks. We got to be like the people in the very beginning, right? Who keep their eyes on the Lord so that we can be in perfect peace. Our mind is stayed on him. That's the only way to have peace during what's happening now and what's coming. But the promise is that he will return. There's going to be a resurrection. And then there's going to be some judgment. Some wrath poured out upon this world. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Maranatha. I pray you've been blessed this morning by this. You may not agree with me fully. Maybe your doctrines are a little different. I've just tried over the past few years to put down all the pet doctrines and just read what the Word of God says. Stop trying to make it line up or see it through a, a specific lens. Just what does it say? Thanks for listening, guys. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless. Time, time is ticking by. And I can feel an explosion inside. And time, time is ticking by. And I can feel an explosion inside. As in the days of Noah As in the days of Noah Though we're drinking, marrying, laughing As in the days of Noah What a fool they say To build a boat on sand What a fool they say to
Stop. 